Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Show. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson. Have you ever felt that spark of jealousy or envy at someone else's speaking business? Well, you're going to want to stay tuned because today's show is called Taming Your Gremlins. And we have the the head gremlin tamer with us here today. Welcome, Rick Carson, to the show. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to be with you, Jane. <laughs> to, be to-, to be talking with you again. I'm really, really uh, honored, I'll tell you. Uh, well, your, we've known each your other blog, for a long time. Sorry, go uh, ahead. I was just going to say your blogs and your podcast, your books for sure, are just a real gift to all of us out here. Well, not not just in the speaking world either. I mean, anybody that's got any interest in business at all, uh, I think your generosity of spirit is magnificent. Wow. So You're thanks. So thanks a bundle, really. You're so kind. Well, I am super excited to introduce you to our listeners because let me just give everyone a little snippet of what you've been up to so they kind of know our angle. Uh, for okay. nearly five decades, Rick has been a practicing psychotherapist, a personal and executive coach, seminar leader, and a consultant. He's the author of four HarperCollins books. Now, his seminal work, Taming Your Gremlin, has had a remarkable track record, having been a top seller for Harper since its publication in 1984. Rick, I called you and said, and I knew you because you were my therapist, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I called you and said, hey, Rick, you've written this book, this amazing book, what do I, you know, what should I do to write a book? Um, Yeah. It's been going on for a long time. Well, you did it. (laughs) I did it. How did you get the idea for Taming Your Gremlin? Did you just keep seeing it in your work over and over again? Well, actually, what happened is... I got the idea in about 1972, <laughs> uh, oh. a long time ago. Now, I didn't write the book until 83. It was published in 84. Uh, but what happened is I was working with, uh, gosh, lots of, uh, I was running a drug program in Chicago and working with families and working with uh, kids. But anyway, what ended up happening, and it happened really one day, is I just became very aware that there was an inner duality that everything got back to. It didn't matter what the presenting problem was, you know, whether people wanted to talk about their unfinished business with their parent or this incestuous thing that happened or just whatever it was. It it really got down to that inner duality. And I started focusing on that. And I Mm -hmm. found out. I could get results, not just quickly, but they lasted. (laughs) So many years later, uh, I decided to write the book. And I just, I had that stuck in my head, that gremlin metaphor from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I had to pick uh, a name to describe that that duality. And uh, I went with gremlin. It was before the gremlin movie came out and all that. So, but that sleazy little malcontent is not cute 
So no, no. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. I just want to clarify something because I've teed it up as being, you know, envy or professional jealousy, but really could your gremlin not be your own inner critic? Well, let's talk about that Okay. because your inner critic, that term, but I mean, that's just small potatoes compared to your gremlin. Okay. I mean, it's true that one of the things that that monster of the mind uses is really an assault on your character, putting you down. But that's not the only thing. There are very specific poisons, and I'm, I mean this literally, Jane, poisons that that monster of the mind uses. Uh, well, such as, uh, for one thing, yeah, putting you down. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally think that anything anybody says about me, including my gremlin, has some truth in it. So I'm going to look at that. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference in that and an assault on the character, a really beating the hell out of yourself. Uh, because constructive thinking about something like that takes about five minutes at the most. Mm-hmm. But you start beating the hell out of yourself, and they can go on for eons. And in the process, what happens is you squelch the vibrant soul that you are. So that's just, if, if I may, Jane, let me cover a few other poisons real sure. quick. One, one is envy, yes. which, you, which you mentioned. Right. Uh, jealousy, which is a little bit different from envy, is another right. one. But the granddaddies, the big ones that I see, mm-hmm. one is people scaring the hell out of themselves. Mm-hmm. That monster of the mind will create a horror movie invite you in to watch it, sit there with you while you watch it, and every time you start to leave, convince you that you need to keep watching it in order to get to the end, and then you'll feel better. So what you really want is simple peace and contentment, which is already inside of you. So that's a poison. That's really, really a poison. Can you give me an example, Rick, of scaring yourself? What 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 might that look like? Well, imagine, let's talk about public speaking. You're mm-hmm. speakers, all of your good folks out there listening mm-hmm. to us. You know, uh, when every one, of, uh, every one of us, when we discovered at some point we had something we really, really wanted to communicate, there was a passion, there was a thirst, there was a heartfelt desire to connect, to really impart something. And in order for that to happen in a whole-souled way, you have to be connected to the essence of who you really are. You have to be putting that out there. Well, you can't be two places at once. And if what you get hung up in is your fears and concerns about how you're going to do, preparation's important, Jane. We all know that. But when you're there in front of that audience, your job is to connect with that same passion that you had in the beginning. Because if you don't, if you create a catastrophic expectation, a fear, a horror movie, oh, my God, they're not going to like me. My tubes, my, my career is going to go straight down the tubes. It's all over but the shouting. Sure, I did okay last time, but it's not going to work out this time. I can right. tell just, you know, all that stuff. Okay. The chatter goes on and on and on. Okay. So, so that's the poison. I've got Wanna it. You've got it. We've got envy, jealousy, scare yourself. What else? Uh, well, miring yourself in regret to the point it becomes a guilt. Regret's not a bad thing. You know, if I uh, 
accidentally stepped on your toe, Jane, <laughs> I would uh, feel regret. If I stubbed my own toe, I'd feel regret. Mm-hmm. But if I get in my mind about that and start dancing with my gremlin, it becomes a feeling called guilt, okay, which occurs in the upper part of your abdomen, lower part of your chest. And when that happens, incidentally, that's where all of these dualities manifest. Your breathing gets shallow and they start to manifest there. Then they'll go to other places like, for example, the, your trapezius, the upper part of your, uh, you know, where your shoulders and neck connect. And then they'll go, that tension will go to whatever your most vulnerable area is. So your breathing is a real gauge. It'll tell you when you're starting to dance with your gremlin there. Okay. But so regret's not bad, but if you get into a place of guilt, that duality starts to manifest. Well, when that duality is there, one part of you basically squelching another part of you, then you're not fully present on stage. And for all of us, I mean, everybody listening out there, you're as transparent as the rest of us. And if you're not connected, not just to the message, but to your heart of hearts, which is really what gremlin timing is all about, your audience knows it. They pick up on that. Right. So, all right. So two dualities, there's envy, there's jealousy, there's uh, scaring the hell out of yourself, there's regret. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, now I like anger. I mean, it, 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 it's good energy. It changes <laughs> relationships for the better a lot of times. It, it creates positive change sometimes. But clinging to a resentment, right. which is what your gremlin prefers you do. Okay. That's, that's like poison in a container. It destroys the container and creates another duality. Okay. Okay. You get tied up. Uh, Really, the granddaddy of them all, I think, mm-hmm. and what I think we really could, uh, I think it'd be the most benefit to people listening. Okay. Is trapping yourself in a concept of who you are, trapping yourself in a belief about who you are. Even, I mean, I'd rather you have a positive self-concept than a negative self-concept. Right. But a concept is just a concept. It's always, it's always limiting. It's, you know, you've got, I say you, that's an impersonal you, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have concepts about how lovable we are, how likable we are, how intelligent we are, how creative we are, how athletic we are, how attractive we are, how we, to, to your earlier point about envy, how we stack up in relation to our peers. Right. All of those ideas, and they're, I call them hypnotic preconvictions. And the reason I say that's the granddaddy of a gremlin strategy is because it's, it's the hardest to spot. It's pretty easy to catch yourself in the act of putting yourself down or right. clinging to resentment or scaring the hell out of yourself. And I, we've got very specific strategies for how to deal with those things. And we'll get into them, hopefully. But that one, we've got a specific strategy for that, too. And since that's the toughest, maybe we ought to talk about that. Okay, let's do it. Is that all right with you? So getting trapped in a belief. Let's say, okay, I'm... Full disclosure, I want everybody to know that back in the day when I lived in Dallas, and I don't even know how many years ago this was, over 20, I'm thinking, 
yeah. Rick was my therapist and I was trying for the life of me overnight and kind of coming into this morning why I went to see you and I can't remember. Uh-huh. I can't remember. But I do know, I often remember like the feelings and the outcomes of things. And what I do Uh remember was, oh, I can't wait to hear his voice again because he's so soothing. (laughs) And you just gave me this real sense of calm. And I really think that I have all of the things that I've mapped out for myself in my life because you helped me clear out some of the debris that was getting in my way. And I really, really thank you for that support that you gave me, who knows how many years ago, in my 20s or 30s or whatever I was. But uh, I bet you any money, I was trapped in a belief that I, you know, didn't have what it takes to be in the relationship that I wanted. I have a feeling that that might have been my original reason for coming to you, but I can't. Well, really remember. I can't remember. Well, we probably both can't remember. <laughs> no, I can't remember. No, if uh, I mean, I guarantee you, it had to do with being trapped in a concept. I don't know mm-hmm. if it had to do with the relationship or what right. the thing was, but something. Keep in mind a, a a concept, a belief about who you are. Any belief, even a really juicy one, one you really like, is just an opinion that you develop loyalty to. Uh-huh. And uh, as I said earlier, any 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 self-concept is limiting simply because you're not a concept. Well, we've got a tool. The Gremlin Timing Method offers a tool, and it's very powerful. Offers a lot of tools, but in the interest of... You know, we only have a little while. We're going to we're gonna tell, uh, send people over to get the book to start, and they can start to get to use the tools. That's great. That's yep. really good. Well, let's talk about this primary tool. Okay. Uh, I just call it simply noticing. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, when I came up with that term in 84, 83, uh, I had to come up with a term to define describe what I was having people do and what I was doing that was working so incredibly well. And the term mindfulness was not yet out there. The right. whole Zen movement had not come to the West. <laughs> and uh, so I called it simply noticing. Right. Well, it, it's a very powerful process. It's actually the quintessential skill for quieting this vile monster of the mind that we're calling a gremlin. Uh And obviously, it has nothing to do with analyzing or figuring out anything. It has to do with paying attention. Mm. Same kind of attention you would pay to a good movie. Um, You know, there wasn't very, you didn't have to do a lot of thinking about. It's just a relaxed attentiveness. Okay. It has nothing to do with analyzing or figuring out anything. It really doesn't. But what's so beautiful about it is you can use that spotlight of awareness, which is the key tool in simply noticing. That spotlight of awareness, obviously, to notice what's going on around you, notice what's going on in your body. But with practice, you can also begin to notice your own concepts, your own beliefs about you and even about how the world works. And as you notice them, you begin at that moment, actually, there's a sliver of light between who you really are 
on the inside. And all those little ideas you have about who you are, there's a difference. And that part on the inside, whether we call it the observer, one book I called it your heart of hearts, one book I called it merely life, one book I called it true love, it's all the same thing. You can't circle it with a word Mm -hmm. because it existed before the word. But it's within every one of us. And your gremlin is no match for that. Because what happens is as you begin to notice how you're getting in your own way, in the very moment that you're getting in your own way, again, it's not about insight, it's about awareness. As you begin to notice how you're scaring yourself or putting yourself down as you're doing it, that kicks into play what I call the Zen theory of change which is simply, I free myself by simply noticing how, not why, how I am imprisoning myself. And this is the key, Jane, in the very moment in which I am imprisoning myself. So Mm. you catch yourself in the act of jabbing your own thumb in your own eye. Mm. When you start to do that, you can also aid the process by accentuating how you're doing that, which we can get into if we have time. But as you begin to do that, as one begins to do that, uh, the same mechanism is kicked into play that you used to learn to walk or talk. Let's take walking for an example. Okay. Okay, so learning to walk you didn't know anything about kinesiology or physiology or, <laughs> you know, you just noticed that if you lean too far to the left, you bumped your head. So there was a natural correction that started to occur. Mm-hmm. Well, as an organism, on the most fundamental level, we all want to feel in balance. Every organism wants that. For a human, what we want is to feel simple peace and contentment. Everything we do in this life is about that, if you really look at it. We want to have a feeling of satisfaction. Okay? That, this is really good news, and I'm so glad it's true, (laughs) is that that feeling of peace and contentment, simple contentment, not whoop and holler joy necessarily. Right already exist within you. It does not have to be created. It's the one human experience that you come with. So as you begin to really notice in the moment, that's the key, how you're getting in the way of that, a natural correction starts to occur. I just call it the the art of graceful change. Yeah. You lean to the left so Uh you don't fall down. Right. <laughs> I like so it, like you, learning how to walk. Mm. Yeah, so if you several times catch yourself leaning to the left, you might even want to, if you were going to accentuate that, lean harder, bump your head harder, so that you begin to basically bring into your awareness, I'm doing this to me. I'm doing this to me. It may have started with a catastrophic expectation, a negative message, whatever. That's not your gremlin. Your gremlin is the one who uses that stuff 
to squelch the vibrant soul within. Your gremlin's not cute. It's not some cute little thing. It's out to eat your lunch. <laughs> it's been written about for thousands of years, Jane. And the good news is, you know, we've got a method here that really, really, really works for people. That's awesome. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I want you to walk us through your toolbox with a couple of real-life examples. Can okay. I, can, can I give uh, you a, an example? I'm hoping we'll run this before uh, before the uh, Influence Conference that's happening in Denver the, in, later this month. Are you okay to just kind of walk me oh, through absolutely. what we might use? No. Okay. Yeah, so I, that'd be wonderful. I, I go to Influence, which is the big conference for professional speakers, and I'm sitting in uh -huh. the audience and someone is up on stage doing their thing, and I immediately start to have thoughts about that. Yeah, like, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah. maybe my thought is, oh, why can't that be me? Or maybe mm -hmm. my thought is, oh, I could do it way better than that person. Or yeah, well, you let's, know, go, let's, go, let's go with the first one. First one. Why can't that okay. be me? Okay, okay. Let's, let go of the, let's let go of the why. Okay. And then let's replace it with that'll never be me. Oh, interesting. That'll never be me. Well, what, one, I know. See what <laughs> I that, feel see defeated. What that feels like? <laughs> I feel yeah. defeated just saying it. <laughs> okay, so vividly describe to me, Jane, what the feeling Oh, is. my what shoulders dropped. Feel. There you go. My chest probably fell. I think you're right about the breath and the in the. Oh, I am right. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's let let's let your shoulders drop. Okay. Oh, you don't mind playing with me a little not bit. Not at all. I'm just all so right, depressed let's let your now shoulders that we're doing drop. This. Yeah. Okay. Let your shoulders drop and make your breathing even more shallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I now, just, we're just going to do this for a minute, Jane, but I want you to accentuate every point of tension or discomfort in your body. Right. And this, you know, I know, I appreciate you doing this, but please do I hope do everybody it. who's listening and isn't driving a car will actually do it with me. You know, yeah. just say it out loud. What's the word? What are the words again we're saying? That, well, I'll that'll never, never be, be me. That. That'll, that'll never, never be me. Uh, <sighs> that'll never yeah. be me. All right. And then, and, and then so, how do you feel as a result of that? Because for me, I am just hunched over looking. And just and, keep shaking your head saying that'll never be me. That'll never be me. And I'm feeling very, very defeated right now and depressed. And my sh breath is very, very shallow. Okay. So, Jane, for just a moment, and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll just do this for a moment. Okay. Don't, don't talk. Just accentuate the posture and the feeling. And please don't talk for a minute. I want to show you something. And anybody that's listening, if you're in a place, you're not driving, you can do this. Do it. And now get some sense, Jane, all of you listening, of what physical malady you will develop or exacerbate in the next five years if you continue to do this to yourself. And don't tell me. Just notice.
and now get some sense as you accentuate the posture and the shallow breathing of what you'll look like in 10 years. You don't need to share that, just notice. But what I'd like you to do, and anybody listening, uh, in the next oh, 15, 20 seconds, as you inhale, take in all of the air that you want and think in terms of oxygenating every point of discomfort in your body. Just feel, not just your lungs, your whole body. Just imagine that you're you're sending air and oxygen to all of those points of tension and shift your posture so that you're seated in a way that is comfortable for you to allow all of your energy to flow completely freely. Get out of your head. There's nothing to think about. For just a moment, just, just don't think, just for a few seconds, just breathe. And if your eyes are open, go from your breathing to your visual field. Just bypass your intellect. Okay. All right, so what's your experience at this moment, John? <laughs> well, I went from feeling just defeated and hunched and old and sick to <laughs> feeling, you know, alive and... Uh-huh. oxygenated and energized and <laughs> yeah. great. It was well, a and complete was just, shift and it brought me way back to our time together, Rick. And <laughs> 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 I yeah. remember, I remember us doing exercises like that. And that ladies yeah. and gentlemen is what uh, psychotherapy <laughs> can be helpful for. Just well, that's what, you in that's touch what with gremlin type. That's, that's what gremlin timing is about. All so, right, all right, right. So right. that's just that that you know. It's so really that was like five minutes. That was five minutes. So that's imagine if, if for all of you listening, if you really practice with the method, it's not a philosophy. It's not about the power of positive over negative thinking. It's a it's a skill mm-hmm. that involves simply noticing. And what I did with Jane was accentuate the obvious i didn't we didn't have any big insight anything like that i just had her accentuate exactly how she was contributing to her own misery and there was a natural correction that occurred so the beautiful thing about the method is that one of the things that i like about it so much is not only well, I'll speak very personally. Not only do I continually string together more and more and more beautiful moments, but the moments actually get richer. And I don't even know how it all works, really. You know, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just glad I stumbled on it. You know. Well, so. well, our listeners can stumble on it as well. They can go on over to tamingyourgremlin.com and yes, take a look around. Now, Rick, I have to ask you yeah. this. I'm probably putting you on the spot here. Are, are any of your programs out on Audible? What I'm thinking is, is that people want to hear your voice. <laughs> Do you yeah, have, I know a, you have a great book. With lots yeah, of well, I, the first book, uh, Taming Your Gremlin, the revised edition of it, uh, 
mm-hmm. is on audio. Okay. Uh, and you can get it through Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Great. audible.com, you know, and also Jane on YouTube, I have a few videos, several, but if you, if your listeners go to YouTube, look for not my name, look for taming your gremlin part one, okay. because there are other people that have, you know, Taming Your Gremlins, since I wrote the book, has now become kind of common parlance among therapists and coaches. Okay. And uh, so occasionally somebody else will do something on the topic. But if you want to see my videos, go to Taming Your Gremlin Part 1 and just okay. follow. Out on yeah. YouTube. Good. Because uh-huh. I'm thinking that this is something that, like you said, you know, it's like a muscle that you uh-huh. need to build up to create awareness of when your gremlin is present in your life, right? Yeah, yeah. And, that's and noticing. Great, uh, that's a wonderful metaphor. Yeah, mm. it is like, a, yeah, like muscle memory. Mm. But it keeps, your, your muscle memory keeps getting better and better where this right. is concerned. Right, but right. The, the key, I tell you, my wife, Letty, mm-hmm. uh, actually had a, a bracelet made. There was a, a, a woman who uh, that I trained for many years as a therapist and coach who just made beautiful gremlin taming jewelry. <laughs> and what they were is like reminders for yes. people, you know. But it's one so that good. she didn't have that Letty had made, had her make, I thought it was just absolutely wonderful. Just says practice. Mm. You got to practice this all the practice. time. Doesn't do you any good if you don't practice. Right, and this, this, this simply noticing is probably uh-huh. one of the most uh, important tools in the toolbox, wouldn't you say? I think it's uh, yeah, it's not the whole enchilada, but it's a uh, it's pretty it's important, very, very important. Yeah, All right. very important. Let, yeah, let's give our listeners one or two other tools that they could uh, bring to the table you know, in any part of their life or business, because in business, we're in negotiations. And what if our gremlin interferes when we're starting to quote our fees Uh or something like that? What, what's another tool that somebody could pull out? All right. Well, plan A, which is not another tool, is before you get on that call or before you go into that negotiation, scare the hell out of yourself. Okay. Make it bad. Okay. Make it just the worst horror movie you can and notice, don't just accentuate that, accentuate also the physical experience mm. of scaring yourself, okay. what that feels like in your body. Okay. So that that's very, very important. So can, just because, for an example, to make sure I'm understanding this, if I scare myself, am I saying you're going to hang up the phone and you will not have gotten the business. And not only that, this and this and this happened and you're just going lower and lower and lower as you're saying oh, it. Yeah, I, you're not only not right? going to get the business, you're going to come. Yeah. You're going to come. Nobody's ever going to hire you off. again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This guy's this man or woman is going to spread the word as to what a loser you are because <laughs> you just sounded so uptight in the first okay. place. All right. You know, they were really disappointed. That's they a good scare. To offer. Yeah. Okay. All but right. Accentuate so you... the physical part too. Okay. okay. So that's one tool. All right. But the other thing is once you get yourself really centered, mm-hmm. you're, you, you're prepared, you know what you have to offer, you're in the meeting, whether it's, you know, 
on on the phone or face to face. This is a very practical thing. It's it's interesting. It's not what I was going to share, <laughs> but it's so helpful. Is and some people are well. Just hear me. Stay very aware of the surface of your skin. Mm. Air on your skin, clothes on your skin, very aware. Think of it, your skin is a very sensitive organ. It's, it's surrounded by an energy field. So it's kind of a vibrating thing. It's very sensitive, but it's also a boundary, vibrating boundary. Every experience you have in this life happens within the boundary defined by that skin. Events occur around you, and a lot of them involve you, even if you don't want them to. But your experience of everything that happens, happens within the boundary defined by your skin. So on the most fundamental level, if your breathing is clear, and you're aware of where you end and everything else begins, and you can keep your body feeling cool, calm, collected, and relatively content, Mm. you're home free when you walk into a negotiation. Mm. That natural you will show up and be right there. Now, you don't, I guess I was going to say you don't have to tr- trust me on this, but <laughs> you got to take the risk to play with it. Right. To see how it works. So cool, so, calm, collected, it, you ta- yeah. you're taking it almost to like a cellular level. It is a cellular level. Mm. But it, what I'm telling you too, Jane, is that that heart of hearts, you know, gremlin taming is really not about the gremlin. Uh, it's really not. In the same way that, uh, oh gosh, like a beautiful stone sculpture is not about the stone that ends up on the floor. Mm-hmm. Gremlin taming is about revealing your heart of hearts. It's about tapping into the natural youth. It's absolutely beautiful. It's peaceful. It's content. It does. I said it earlier. That thing doesn't have to be created. You don't have to positively affirm yourself. You're already okay. And when you start noticing how you're getting in your own way in the moment that you are, and that Zen theory of change gets kicked into, you you start to feel more and more that natural you. And it's so beautiful. You're not going to want to scare the hell out of yourself or kick the dickens out of yourself. So that's I hope so that good. Makes sense. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. And I think that um, our title today might be about ta- uh, taming your gremlin in order to get out of your own way. Because I that's, really, I know that many <laughs> of my clients could really, really use that. Well, did that's, you know that's the, that's the subtitle of the book? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> that yeah, was a happy accident. Yeah. The, the revised edition, which came out about. 25 years ago, something like that, is Taming Your Gremlin, a surprisingly simple method for getting out of your own way. I love it. I love it. Now, you have gone on to do uh, so many different things uh, with this Uh material. Talk, just give us a little bit. I want to hear for from the business side of things, and then we'll need to wrap this up. I want to hear your business model. You... um, this you wrote this book a, a while back, but talk about yeah. your how, how what's going on all in the the world of Rick Carson today. Well, really, Jane, not a lot. <laughs> Are you winding <laughs> things down? Of, I'm winding things down quite a bit. I mean, I've okay. still got my practice, and I still 
uh, except certain engagements, you know, but I was just thinking about it earlier, you know, that when John Kennedy, John F. Kennedy was Mm -hmm. my age, he had been dead for 30 years. Wow. So I'm (laughs) I'm starting to take it easy. I'm still in good shape and all that, but it's just like, uh, I'm not doing a lot. We've got a, you know, we had a thing called the Gremlin Taming Institute okay. where I did one-year training programs, and it's now just I greatly modified my website and okay. uh, made it a lot simpler. Okay, uh, I've taken on most of my audio programs off. Uh, anyway, I know okay. that's not very exciting to hear, but <laughs> it feels pretty good to me. It feels you know, the good essentials to you. Are out there. Yeah, one thing I do want to say, Jane, and some people may not know this, uh, you may not, but the sequel to Taming Your Gremlin, a master class in gremlin taming. Okay, that's the is one. Is out there. Okay. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, I really like it. Okay. I really like it. Now, if so. somebody were to just start, where's the right place to start? Can they start with the master class or do they need to do something before that? It's a great question. I would say start with Taming Your Gremlin. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. for sure. And, and and either on audio or, uh, you know, read it either okay. way or do both. And you can, you know, you can download it as a, right. whatever and, you call those things. And, <laughs> and these ideas hold up no matter what day and age it is because it's all about you on the inside. We're doing the work from the inside out and there's no, there's no time stamp on that. Thank you for saying that. Because that, that's really a main thing I would like to get across to people. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a tool you can use for the rest of your life. It'll right. never abandon you. Right. You know, you may abandon it for a while, but I hope you won't. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm so and glad also, that Jane, you I'm available. Me. Okay. Yeah. Go I'm ahead. Just say, um, yeah, I mean, I do phone sessions with people all over the globe. Okay. So that's that's good to know. Too. Okay. Okay. So go over to tamingyourgremlin.com. We're going to put those, uh, we're going to put that in the show notes and make sure that people do know that you're available for phone sessions. I think that's a great way to go. And um, especially as, you know, you are in the point of your business where you're starting to think, okay, let me let me uh, maybe scale back on some of the more complex things in my business and keep it simple. Uh-huh. I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. And just talking yeah. to and you just is. calms me down, Rick. Well, thank you. <laughs> I might yeah, be calling you talking. myself. It's great to hear your voice and just be with you, Jane, for sure. So much um, fun. There's a Facebook page too, by the way. Okay. Taming yeah, Your Gremlin? On Facebook? Your yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. put a link to that as well, and I'll go okay. on over and uh, give that a like and a share as well. Okay. Well, I Jane. cannot thank you enough for being on the show with us today. Well, Jane, I really, really, really want to thank you for having me. I'm honored. I mean, your work is uh, is paramount in the whole speaking field, and I really think it'll help anybody whether they're speaker or not. <laughs> so, Well, you know, uh, I have to think that maybe it all started with this work. Uh-huh. And thank you for giving me a platform, a foundation, I guess, uh, uh-huh. of tools to use in my own life to get exactly what I wanted from my life. 
And yeah. uh, I'm really, really uh, grateful to you for that, Rick. Thank you. Warms my heart to hear it. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jane, for having Thank me. Thank you for being on the show. And if, for those of you listening in, uh, I'm grateful for you as well. And I hope you will let us know if this show has been helpful for you. And I hope you'll subscribe to our podcast over on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen. And with that, we will say, see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Wealthy Speaker Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free Wealthy Speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, Wealthy Speakers.